Welcome to the Bartender Rant Podcast. I am your host, Steve Haley, and I am joined by my absolutely fantastic co-host, one of my favorite people in the world. If he was a candy, he'd be a gummy bear because he's so squishy and ripe and just sweet. And he's a little bit of an ass sometimes, but I love him. It's Mike Windsor. Sour Patch Kid, I think, would have been better going. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I, mean, I got mixed metaphors. Just <laughs> tell the people hello, please. <laughs> hello, people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a little bit of hijinks today, guys. We are not recording from the Bonnie View Mansion, or I should say we aren't all recording from the Bonnie View Mansion. I am actually holed up in a uh, my own room, and I'll get to uh, a reason why. Mike is back out in Kansas. He is out on the hill. Isn't that right, Mike? Uh, technically Missouri, but yeah, close enough. Oh, do I, I, you're right on the border. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, right okay, on so, the state Mike, line, yep. so Mike's back in Kansas. It's going to be our very first pod that we're doing 100% remote. So we appreciate everybody's patience. Um, honest to God, you can fuck off, but uh, I do appreciate your patience. I'm going to at least share that sentiment for now. Um, we're going to have maybe a little bit of trouble with sound uh, and, and audio for this episode. It's a little bit windy out there, but it's very fitting. Our guest, Annie Gladbach, she decided to do Dark and Stormies tonight, which are going to be awesome. Very fitting for the weather. Um, one of my favorite cocktails of all time as well. So can't wait to uh, talk to Annie. She's got some international bartending experience and and I think going to have some, uh, some fun stories for us tonight. So, um, But before we get into anything, Mike, you know how we open the show. Tell me what's new, baby. What's going on this week in your life? Hit me with the skinny. Well, honestly, man, uh, so what, it's been a couple months since we did our last one when, when we both came back to Kansas. That's right. And uh, I just, I've completely reassimilated to country life. You know, <laughs> going from the city back here, I, I've got to admit, man, I'm a country boy at heart. And uh, it's just been really nice. I've got some chickens now, and um, I'm back up at the hill. Um, there's this fucking skunk that keeps poking around the chicken coop at night. I was trying to chase him off last night. It's kind of an asshole. It keeps squaring up on me, and I don't know what to do about it because I'm afraid he's going to piss all over me. So, oh Jesus! Um, <laughs> but no, it's it's been really good. So have you? Just, while we're on the topic of you being a country boy, have you ever been hit by a skunk before? No, thank God. Uh, plenty of our dogs have, but uh, this skunk man. What I do you do? He's what? What do you do? What do you, what do, you do when sprayed by skunks? <laughs> no, I know you don't want to. I mean, the ideal thing is to never get hit by a skunk. But I mean, what do you do when a when a dog gets hit by one? Can you even let that dog in the house? How how brutal no. is it? Honestly, you're meant, you're meant to you're meant to douse them and like tomato to me, it doesn't sauce, work that well. You just soup. you don't let them in, and we we have a one one dog that she doesn't give a shit. She gets hit by skunks all the time. But <laughs> Jesus. I keep I keep trying to chase the skunk away, and I'm like trying to shoo him off, and he turns around, and he like kind of stomps and squares up on me, and like looks really? me dead in the eyes. He's like, "What are you gonna fucking do about it, man?" I'm like, "All right, I guess go eat the fucking eggs, man." I, I don't know what else to do. It sounds like you got Peppy Le Pew on a roid rage out there. You don't you don't want to have to get into <laughs> that kind of he, evil. He's pissed off about being canceled. He's out for vengeance. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah, the Me Too movement has made Peppy uh, very ornery these days and we can understand why you know um and and you know probably justify that he got canceled you go back and look at those Peppy Le Pew cartoons it was uh uncomfortable I I'm just going to use the word rapey big time rapey from the <laughs> Warner Brothers cartoon vibes on a Saturday morning but actually this is a great transition um you you said uh you know having a dog get sprayed um by a skunk because i have an update for you this week usually we only do a mic update but i have one for you there's a reason that i'm recording from my bedroom and not the pool room studios in the body view mansion and that reason is because my brother my little brother tom who was episode two of the pod just moved in with me here and we're really happy to have him he has a beautiful dog named ruka who we all love he is one of the most adorable animals ever but this dog 
loves bread. This dog eats bread, any bread product, anything that has gluten, basically has the opposite of a gluten allergy. This dog. So we're, we're talking like tortillas, anything. croutons, anything Dude, like that. He, he ate an entire case of oatmeal pies the other day. He's eaten two <laughs> loaves. He's eaten two full loaves of bread. This dog is the fucking bread dog. So. You know what? Yes. Me and this dog, we have a lot in common. <laughs> that voice of an angel you hear, people, that is Annie Gladbach, and we are going <laughs> to drift into her, her smooth serenity here in just a minute. But uh, I, I, am also, <laughs> I am also a bread fiend as well. I'm not knocking bread. I would never come on this pod and knock bread. I'm just saying, I'm just kind of giving you a little bit of context here. The dog loves bread. So the, I just tonight when I was heading uh, – into the bar to kind of see what was going on. I walked upstairs from my house. I was getting ready to leave. And Nick and Emily, our two other roommates, are cleaning up what can only be described as like a Coke house was hit by a bomb. This dog ripped an entire five-pound bag of flour off of the top of the counter <laughs> and proceeded to destroy this motherfucking bag of flour like it was a rabbit it caught in a field. There is flour <laughs> everywhere. It's, it, it looks like the movie Blow when the FBI agents break in at, to that wall on Johnny Depp and, and the piles of coke go bursting all over the place. I mean, this, do- this dog looks like Tony Montana from Scarface. I swear to God, if he had his red rocket out, it would have looked like, let me show you a little something like that, that whole scene from – yeah, it was crazy. So that's why I'm down here tonight. It's, it's still a little bit of a crime scene up there. Um, so that's what's going on in my week. But uh, anyway, without further ado – I think we're good to go. Let's get right into it. Annie Gladbach and the Dark and Stormies. All right, guys, we have Annie Gladbach joining us here. How are you tonight, Annie? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I didn't mean to intrude on you and Michael's little lover's tryst, <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. You can't the- hide what you've got. The rules are very relaxed here, Annie. So do not, uh, do not apologize. Mike oh, and I. I was, I was only apologizing for you two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for giving us our space. You know, our our relationship is like an old married couple. You know, we we love each other deeply, uh, and that that obviously brings out a lot of emotion and passion. So it comes to a little bit of bickering and fighting. But the beginning of the show <laughs> is where we like to air out our grievances and kind of get thank ourselves you. back to Zen for the week. So. You know, anyway, I'm, but I'm happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Today's episode, though, is about you. And we're so happy to have you on. Can't wait to hear about some of your, um, you know, some of your service industry experience. But before we do that, why don't we uh, get right into the cocktail? You're making for us the dark and stormy tonight. Tell us a little bit about why and uh, and, and why don't you whip those up uh, for, for Mike and I? Can you tell us, Annie, why would you pick that one? Are you a big dark and stormy drinker? No, I'm not. Love it. <laughs> I just had heaps of requests for dark and stormies in the past, so I thought, why the fuck not? Perfect. Well, it was it was a little bit of a twist because when you were serving them, it was in Australia mainly, and they were always requesting a specific rum, right? That's it. Yeah, that's it. Um, everybody was like, "Oh, I want a dark and stormy," and if I didn't have Bundaberg rum, and all I had to offer was. Captain Morgan, they say, no, I don't want a dark and stormy. Just give me a Captain and Coke. Thanks. That's where the conversation I, stopped every single time, huh? Every single time. And I was like, okay, 
Well, fuck you. (laughs) By the way, anybody that has a problem with cussing or like is like not you're in a safe place, Annie. Of the c word, and when I say the c word, I mean cunt. Cunt, No, we're we're in the same place here. Maybe maybe don't listen to this one. But that's a good disclaimer. That's a good disclaimer I'm just for anybody. You know hey, that those things will be dropped on, a lot. On Apple Podcasts and Spotify, we're already labeled as, ex- as explicit, so we're, yes. we're ready to rock and roll. We're, we've, been, we've we've been flagged. You're in good company, but yeah. all right, let's okay, get right. Cool. So let's get right into this dark and stormy. Unlike these cunts from Australia <laughs> that wouldn't allow you to make them a dark and stormy, Mike and I are ready. So why don't you um why don't you whip those up for us? And Mike's gonna kind of walk us through the ingredient list and how to make them. All right. So it was like, what was the name of the rum? Bundaberg. Bundaberg. So that's what they preferred it with, uh, you know, over down under. Down under. But the joke is kind of on them because an actual dark and stormy is supposed to be made with Gosling's Black Seal rum. Right. That's right. That's where the drink originated from, and uh, I, I believe it's it's actually like their intellectual property. So if you want to do a true dark and stormy, you, you, you have to, to go with Gosling's Black Seal rum. At the same time, uh, any dark rum will really work for this drink. So, so I had always, I, I this is a drink that I've always loved. You know, I don't drink a lot of them, but when I do, I'll get on a kick and I'll drink like six or seven, and I'll, that'll just be my drink for that night. I had always made them, and m- maybe check me if I'm wrong because I know you've done a little bit on the history here when you can hear her pouring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I love that sound. You also might be able to hear my cat licking herself at some time. <laughs> like I said, people. Thank you for bearing with us. We're, we're, we're figuring all this out, and uh, we, we just hope you find it endearing. You know, we're, we're, we're yes. trying our best here, all right? All right, no more apologies. Now we're going to power through as if nothing else has happened. We're done. We're done apologizing. Anyway, so, so uh, you know, I had always made my Dark and Stormies with a shot of clear rum, uh, squeeze of lime, ginger beer, and then I would float the syrupy rum on top. And so I didn't, I didn't know if that was part of kind of the original recipe or not. That sounds, it sounds like a variation. Okay. I also have to say, too, uh, Annie and I have been enjoying some horse feathers before we got on tonight. As Gotta well. love those. So I, the... I had that ginger beer. I had Jameson, so I was like, why not? So, why not? But, for Meg's uh, to, to make To make a traditional dark and stormy, all it is is two ounces of dark rum, three ounces of ginger beer, and the, the, the lime's actually optional. Um, okay. So uh, every dark and stormy I've had has always had some sweetened lime juice in it. Yeah. But that's actually optional. So... A traditional is just the the dark rum and the ginger beer, um, but yeah, you can do some uh, some sweetened uh, lime juice in there and then garnish it with a lime wedge and uh, yeah, so it's a really easy drink, but it's it goes goes down really smooth. So cheers, Annie. Cheers. Um, yeah, I sort of just fucked off for that last little portion of the conversation y'all were having. We got that <laughs> in there. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I was like, uh, you know what? This is the perfect time for me to duck out. There, well, this is color. this is this is your time to shine. So we appreciate you whipping up those cocktails. Um, we're gonna jump right into it. Uh, Annie, the first section of 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 our uh, you know our pod every single week, we call it our drinked-in. It's like the bartender's LinkedIn. So we're we're gonna kind of go back. You know, back into the history, um, and and learn a little bit more about your service industry experience. So, how did you first get into the service industry? Like, what was your first job in the in the restaurant service business? All right. Um. So, I was. Has anybody? Have you been to Kansas City and seen a live music show? And I've been to Kansas City once or twice, uh, mostly just to fly in to come out to Pittsburgh. Um, to see Michael and, and the boys. Um, 
But yeah, no, I know Kansas City's a pretty good like jazz town, blues town, honky tonk is big there. It's a great music scene. We also have fucking Tech Nine, man. I mean, yeah, music. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Basically, like my so at the time I was working a day job as a vintner. I was working in a vineyard. Um, I was, you know, like. I was the caretaker for vines, like grapevines meant for wine production. And I was also in university and I was fucking broke. <laughs> and I was like, all right, so I need to supplement this income whenever I can. And I, one of my, one of my mates, she hooked me up with a job at Grinders, which is in the crossroads of Kansas City. Cool. And at the time they didn't have positions for bartenders or waiters, but I, like, I got a job as an expediter. Yeah. Just, just, just expoing food. That's where a lot of people start. it It was actually like real fucking hectic because I don't know if you've been to Grinders in Kansas City, but they've got two kitchens and two separate restaurants. Oh Jesus! Restaurants, how many seats are both? How many seats are we talking? It's, it's an outdoor uh, venue, right? I mean, well, it's 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 not just like two restaurants and two separate kitchens. They also have an outdoor music venue. Mm-hmm. Oh Jesus! So, yeah, cool so spot, I yeah. was like corresponding between the kitchens and also trying to serve them when our waiters and waitresses couldn't. Like, wow. just had too many people there. And I was also, like, serving drinks. And um, basically, like, I kind of just treated it as, like, whatever. I'm fucking here. Y'all got what you got. Like, <laughs> and that was my very first job in the service industry. So, Mike, have you been to this venue? Yeah, I've seen what a would couple you, shows there. What would you say the capacity is? Is it similar to something like a power plant live in Baltimore or or maybe even like a like an 8x10? Yeah, bigger than the eight by ten, but it's like it, it's it like like she was saying, it's you know a couple restaurants. Okay, and it's like right right in Kansas City, but then it's like walled off on the inside where you've got this big open expanse that they play a lot of live is. music there. So the, and there's like there's trees and stuff. So you know there's places for shade. Um, oh cool! It, it's a really nice spot. I saw. I gotta come check it out. There. Yeah, yeah I gotta come check spot. it out. Yeah, so I as I think the busiest show that I've seen it. And worked. It was Ziggy Marley, and wow. I think that the max capacity was at like thirty-seven or thirty-eight. Hundred people? people. That's a lot yeah. of people. No wonder yeah. you had two they, kitchens. They had like yeah. two kitchens and like drink windows open. Okay. And I was just like, woo-hoo, woo-hoo, <laughs> sure, I'll well, do this, I'll do that. It sounds like you. You know, I don't know about you. I'm always been a, a trial by fire kind of guy, right? Like, throw me the wolves. Oh my God. That's the best way I learn. So it sounds like yeah. you came right into like a really happening spot, which a lot of people, it, you know, uh, uh, usually places like that won't hire somebody who's brand new. So it's great that you had an in through your friend. Um, so you come in there, you're doing expediting, but it sounds like you're kind of more of a spark plug, right? You're, you're doing a little serving, you're making drinks, you're kind of wherever the place needs you because it's super busy. What is, where does it go from there? Or do you, did you get, um, did you go to like another bar or restaurant or did um, kind of how does the service industry experience progress from there? Well, honestly, at that point, I am on my twenty-first, my twenty-fifth birthday. I graduated university, and I had been working at the vineyard I told you about for yeah. about four years at that point. And I was just kind of like, "Well, you know what? Like, I'm 
sick of this place. I'm going to go try something <coughs> new. Love it. So I went down to Florida and I started working at um, like a bar slash restaurant um, about 25 minutes away from Miami. Oh, wow. And, yeah. Damn, and that's was, big time. It was really, really cool. Um, it was like an underground, like, craft beer place in, Very sweet. in Fort Lauderdale. And um, it's called Riverside Market. You know, and, Fort Lauderdale, I'm learning, has a really underrated beer scene. There's a lot. There's actually a lot of cities in Florida. Uh, St. Petersburg, I was just down there um, last year. Uh, I was in St. Petersburg, and what's the other one? Is it Sarasota down there on the west? That's West Coast. Yeah. But there are yeah. some really strong like craft brew towns down there, and apparently Fort Lauderdale um, has a really good craft scene right now. So that's that's pretty sweet. What, you said Riverside? Riverside Market? Yeah, Riverside Market. So it was really unique. So instead of just working like um, a bartender's wage of like two or three something an hour, they were paying me 11 an hour. Plus um, tips. Plus tips. Nice. Holy shit. But here's the catch. Here's the catch. So something that's really unique about Fort Lauderdale is that it is, have you ever heard of yachties? Like the yacht Never have. industry? No. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like all of the crew members that work on these big, massive super yachts, like Fort Lauderdale was like the main port for these super yachts. Okay. So all of these yachties, like people that worked for them, Hello, they would yachty. Oh, oh, oh. So I'm sorry. Yachties are like the 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 boat employees. That's what they call them. Yachties. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like I love that. Stewardess. Like we need we yachty. need a yacht. We need a yachty T-shirt. We need it like yachty. Yeah, for sure, definitely. You I thought mean, you thought zaddies were sexy. Wait till you check it. Check out my buddy Steve. He's a yachty. Yeah, for real though, but like on, not, not even the down low. I hooked up with so many 10, (laughs) 11 when I worked there. Holy shit. Um, But anyways, that's neither here nor there. But um, like all of them would come to Riverside Market. Yeah. Because Riverside Market had over 600 craft beers from all around the world there. And, um, but the catch is that at this bar it was it was like um an honor system okay so imagine okay so what they did was they bought out an old gas station that was in the heart of this community okay Okay, so imagine going into a gas station today like casey's or something and you see all of the glass doors there with all of these crazy different drinks in them from all over the place right and you're like oh tea coffee like soda, whatever. So all these craft beers, right? Yeah. So they, they, yeah, they instead just filled them with all these craft beers. Mm. And upon entry, they would say like, hey, like, welcome to Riverside. This is like a family-owned business, which it was. Like Julian and Lisa Siegel. I Were the know, owners? Hopefully they'll listen to this. <laughs> they are like the fucking most amazing people I've ever met. Yeah. They were like, Hey, if you're not going to be a shit cunt, we're not going to treat you like one. (laughs) So if you come in and you eat and you drink, um, just as long as whatever you take out of these coolers, if you leave on your table or you bring up to the front counter um, and you pay for it, like, all's good. So it was kind of just like a a help yourself kind of like beer buffet. Yeah, help yourself. Get out of here. 
Get yeah. out of here. So you're telling me that you're telling me just straight. Was that only for like the locals and like the yachties? Or you're telling me that this was just a pol- <laughs> No, I'm serious. Like, no, because I, just, I love that word. <laughs> so do I. I'm, I'm using I'm going to use yachty all week, all week. I'm just going to be hitting no. people this term. But that yeah, was just like, like an open policy. This like kind of like honor system with the beers. Yeah. No, that that's, was a, that's so cool. Policy. So like it didn't matter where you came from, if we knew you or if we didn't. That's like a beer utopia. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like you would walk in and regardless of what part of the globe you were from, you could walk in and find a beer that you were somewhat familiar with. Like it was just like, all right, well, if you decide to drink that beer, like good on you. Just be sure to pay for it on your way out. I hope you have a good time. That's crazy. And yeah, like, I like it. Every it's single fucking, night, only in fucking Florida, man. <laughs> well, and like every single night, like even on our craziest nights where we would get thousands of people in and out, we we would only find like all together as like a closing staff. We would we would check under like the different couches and different things all together after having like the craziest night ever we would maybe find a combined six pack of beer bottles wow. that's crazy before. that's crazy you know, if you trust people yeah. if you trust people they're more likely to be good people Just don't be a shit cunt and we won't exactly. treat yeah. you, a shit cunt. <laughs> exactly. you know but you I, I mean i think we could all oh there's the train baby there's yeah, the train. Okay, everybody, so. everybody hey, out there listening. part of this culture. Everybody out there culture. listening, give it a little choo-choo. So as as we talked about, Mike, you know, Mike run, Mike runs a side business. Uh, he does a set of cabins um, that he rents out on Airbnb, and it's up on this area that we call the hill in Missouri, you know, the Missouri, Kansas border right across the border. Yeah. And so there is a train that comes right by there. It is just a straight <laughs> cargo train. And, and Mike always wants to cut it out of the pod. I love it. I think it's a beautiful little, <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll listen to this. We'll see how it goes. Here's a new rule for you listeners. If you hear a choo choo, you better take a shot. All right, go grab that <laughs> bottle, go there, grab that bottle of Wunderberg rum that you have and just slug a little bit of it straight out of the, 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 oh my the, God, but the like, bottle. Don't. I'll get to the whole Bundy thing later. Yes. Don't do that. Okay. Don't, okay. Don't hate so, yourself for it. And I, I honestly think we're kind of in a we're in new territory because um, you, Annie, have you have some very interesting um, experience in the service industry, especially being international. You know, and uh, yeah, I kind of like I don't want to skip any of these stories, but I kind of want to get to where like. You're in New Zealand and you're in Australia. I kind of want to. Yeah. So how do you how do you get from Miami? How do you get from Miami to there? I feel like we could talk all night about some of this stuff, but we we got to get to the gauntlet at some point in time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So 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 why don't we? Mike's Mike's right. So why don't we skip ahead just a little bit? So you're you're working at this really cool place in Miami. Riverside sounds awesome, and now I feel like I got to get down there to Fort Lauderdale. Everybody, go to Riverside Market in Florida now. I've been I've been made aware of the fact that they have multiple locations. That's cool. That's awesome. But if you want to go to the original, you go to the Riverside and Fort Lauderdale over. One of the original drawbridges. Oh, that's cool too. A little novelty yeah. there. All right, so All right. so let's let's bounce ahead just a little bit. So, how do you actually t- make your way out of the country to that Australia, New Zealand area to start bartending down there? Um. So basically, I when I was in Florida, I before I even got to Florida, I was like, "All right, bitch, you <laughs> you don't want to have kids yet." 
You want to go out and do as many things as you can. So just go fucking do them. Travel the world. Yeah. So at the time, my my older brother, he was living in Portland, Oregon. And I was actually born in Oregon. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go back to my roots. Sure. So you moved back to to Portland. Well, but wait, there's more. (laughs) So like as I was looking at tickets to Portland, I just sort of like looked at tickets for all over the world. And I found um, some one-way tickets to New Zealand for like $700. It's amazing. And I was like... A one-way ticket. I was like, uh, well, that sounds pretty dope. <laughs> so I just, all of my little squirrel money that I squirreled away in my microwave slash safe, I was like, yeah, down. <laughs> and I bought, I bought a ticket to New Zealand. And then I moved to Portland, hung out with my brother for a bit. And within a month, I was in New Zealand. Wow. Wow. So shout out out to uh, Fred Gladbach. Yes, my brother is like the coolest person ever. I'm I'm bummed. I I feel like I'm the only one who hasn't met Fred. And I I hope I get to do that one day. I got to tell you. You should be bummed. I am bummed. I am bummed for a lot of other reasons that we're not quite talking about right now. But... uh, (laughs) Uh, Okay, fair enough. All right, whatever. So I went (laughs) to New Zealand and I did all kinds of different jobs. I was working like, um, again, in a vineyard. Oh, cool. I then worked in... um, I I can grow fucking grapes. Yeah, I can do that. (laughs) Well, but it's a bit different whenever you go from being like the HBIC, the head bitch in charge, to being like... The head bitch in charge is a little bitch. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, this isn't very it's cool. Like, bitch, I can grow these grapes well, so much better than you. You don't even know. I gotta, well, I gotta, it's not even that. I got to tell you how much I respect, like, just respect you for that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I find... I find people who take big swings in life to be some of my favorite people. I've lived my entire life by one motto. If you've ever seen the movie Sandlot, there's the scene where <laughs> Michael squints Paladoris is going to jump into the pool. So and oh fake, my god, and, and he fa- fucking he right. Kisses. He's gonna he's gonna fake drown himself to get a kiss from Wendy Peppercorn, and he gives yes. that amazing <laughs> monologue. He gives that amazing monologue as he's in the pool, and he's he goes, "I've been coming to this pool every summer of my adult life, <laughs> and there she is, lotioning and oiling, oiling Lotion. and lotioning." I can't take it anymore. Right. And so what I'm saying is, so what I'm saying is, uh, I've lived my entire life by that motto. It's take big swings, take risks. You got it. You just got to go for it sometimes. And the idea of just buying a one way ticket to New Zealand when you don't know anybody there. I love that. It takes fucking balls to do that. Well, you want to get a little extra fucking tidbit. I was an idiot and I didn't even have a thousand dollars to my name (laughs) at the time. That's I straight up was just like, well, you know what? If I can't make it in New Zealand, I can't make it anywhere. <laughs> you were listen. I I love it. You you rolled the dice and you were and 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 you made it work. And it's so cool that you also found another vineyard down there. I know actually New Zealand in particular is really known for a lot of wines like Malbecs, like um like the the Syrahs and and some of those other spiced reds. Um, so yeah. I'm sure that vineyards are probably really prevalent down. So it's great that you came with some experience and, and found a niche. Did you also do some other like classic bartending? So you told us, I think yes. earlier about a place where you were actually making dark and stormies in Australia. Where, where was that at? Let's, let's uh, uh, kind of focus so, in on that for a second. Australia, New Zealand. I don't know if you know this or not, but they're different places. hundred percent. I know they're right next, so, but they're right next to each other. New Zealand, I, I did some, I did various jobs in New Zealand. Um, literally any job you can think of, right. I probably did it. But then you make okay. your way to Australia. 
Exactly. Okay. So basically my visa ran out and I was like, I don't want to go home. And my friends were like, go to Australia. And I was like, I've never thought <laughs> of it. It's obviously the next logical choice. It's the heavy part. I was like, whatever. So I yeah. bought a ticket and I landed in Melbourne, which is actually one of the fucking coolest bar scenes ever. Yeah. Because they have like all of these like hidden, hidden bars you go into the sandwich well, like a, shop. Like a speakeasy or something? Yeah. That's super cool. You go into cool. the sandwich shop and you go to like pick out a drink and you open the door to pick out a drink and you see that there's like a little break in the seal in the back. What? So you kind of push it and you You're... open it up and you fucking go downstairs. You are fucking with me right now. I'm not. It oh is straight God. up like so, so Mike. So Mike, to back her up, we actually have a bartender that works at Das Beer Hall whose name is Valen. And he's from Melbourne, and he has told all of us this like a hundred times. And we're like, nah, dude, nah, there's no way. It is the fucking coolest thing ever. That's insane. It is so cool. Listeners, listeners, everybody key in here. If you donate on Patreon and PayPal, one day Michael and I will get a $700 one-way ticket to fucking Australia. And we will go to Melbourne. And we will go to all the speakeasies. Hit hit the hit the sales up after COVID. Yeah. Oh. As soon as Australia opens up their borders, their tickets are going to be like three hundred dollars. Also, well, if you subs- if you subscribe to the Patreon, you get a ten percent discount on me and Steve's uh, OnlyFans. So <laughs> it's a lot of butt play. It really is. Um, hey, um, for all you listeners, I just want to let you know, both Steve and Mike, they are easy on the eye. Wow. So, if well, you if you want some, you know, something to chill you. How out, many dark and stormies have you guys just, had over there? What's just, what's going on? The horse feathers, then the dark and stormies. Are <laughs> okay, right. I was trying to support you, but I guess I won't. No, no we appreciate, I appreciate it. it. I do. We're, yeah, I, I won't. Honestly, Steve, you know what? OnlyFans? What's that? Don't even think of that. <laughs> Steve, Steve has his. I honestly feel like this entire podcast has been a ruse for Steve to, to sleep with me. Because he, he, <laughs> he has continually talked about, he called me a goddess in one episode and all that. Like, I just, a goddess! Yeah, a goddess. Dude, and have my, you... th- through my vanity, I didn't say anything because I was just, you know, overwhelmed by the compliments. So, so I, I know, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure that this is not going to get a lot of laughs, but I'm going to say it anyway. I've been telling Mike for years, right? So, you know, um, I'm the idiot who at 5'9", five, 5'10", five, decided to only make friends with people who are like 6'3", and taller because I'm a fucking moron. So every concert we go to, I can't see the stage. I have to like get up on somebody's shoulders, right? Because I'm always standing behind these treat, you know, these sequoias all the time. Um, but I, I used to always joke with Mike. I was like, "Look, man, I can talk all day long. Like that's my gift. I got the gift of gab. I can bullshit with anybody." Mike got the gift of being six three, feather haired like fucking Farrah Fawcett with a beautiful smile. <laughs> I mean, he's a specimen. And I and what I used to tell Fuck you, dude, that shit doesn't matter, man. You are. Well, what I used to tell him is this. No, no, we have to get that. Shut the fuck up. We got to get this down for the record. Steve is a goddamn, goddamn okay, ladies' man, and I've seen it fucking happen multiple goddamn on. times. That's not no, the point. Shut your face. Shut your face. <laughs> As someone that literally has only seen you via camera, Google, you're Google, not a bad looking guy. Thank you. You're I'm not. Pretty goddamn I'm, cute. I'm not Look saying I'm a bad. I'm not saying I'm a bad looking guy. Look, I feel very Look blessed. At the chin. I feel very blessed. I feel very blessed. I am just saying, if you if, if if we took my gab and Michael's looks and you put them together, that that person would would probably either a conquer the world or die of an STD by the time they're fucking <laughs> eighteen. I'm just saying. I'm just Holy saying. Holy shit! 
We are so fucking off track. I know, it's okay. Yeah, Look, no. I'm sorry. We're going to do right, a little... Let's get, let's get into fine. Australia. Okay, all right. We're going to go down no, under. All right. already, so, so just, all right, let's focus in on just the last bartending experience in Australia. So what was the most recent place you worked I in Australia? I cannot go to the last bartending experience in Australia. Tell me about your favorite one. Tell me about... Talking about the, about the first one. We, we can't do them all because, yeah, yeah, come listen, on, hold on, hold on, hold on here. I think what we're I having is a little... there's a time constraint. No, 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 no. There is no time constraint. I just think we're having a failure to communicate. We don't need to tell your whole bar story right now because we're going to get into it with these crazy questions. That's kind of the best thing about this pod is these questions okay. draw okay. out I all this experience. You. Yes, it's fun. So just tell me, you. just tell me coming your favorite place that you worked in Australia and, and what you did. Um, Okay, I will tell you that my favorite place that I worked in Australia is Cape Tribulation Beach House. Very cool name. Very cool name. What was it like? Just just a beach bar type of deal? No, not just a beach bar. So I didn't mean it like that. Ever, have you ever There was heard? a door in the sand. <laughs> if you scrape it away, you can find it. <laughs> well, no, seriously, like I didn't mean to be a bitch and be like, no. No, no. Like seriously, have you ever heard of Sir David Attenborough? I have, I have, I've heard that name before. All right, so where I was working is in the Daintree Rainforest, wow. which happens to be Sir David Attenborough's favorite place in the entire planet. Mm. Wow. And so, where is this? Where is this in kind of relation to Australia? Just for our listeners who don't know the area very well. So it is in. If you are looking at a map of Australia, it is in the far northeastern part of Australia. Is that where Sydney is? That closer to Sydney or no? It's it's much much further north than Sydney. So it's it's closer to Cairns. Um, Cans. Which it's it like if you look at it, it's it looks like it's supposed to read as Cairns, but nobody pronounces R's in Australia. Okay, so, so it's Cairns. So it's yeah. this it's this bar that snuck into a rainforest. That's wild. So yeah, it's it's a world heritage a world heritage site. Like a, prote- like, like a like a protected kind of almost like a like a national park we would think of in the United States. Yeah, it's like a UNESCO that World Heritage Site. That's very cool. That's yeah, very cool. So, so what did you do yeah. there? Um, well, I worked as a bartender, a barista, a waitress, and a housekeeper. <laughs> um, so you can stay there? there, there I literally did There are everything. rooms as well? There are rooms at this place as well? Yeah, there were, oh my gosh, um, how many rooms were there? There, um, I would say that each night there were probably like sixty to seventy rooms available there. Wow, that's very cool. So you can go, you can stay there, you can drink, kind of hang out, check out the rainforest, kind of explore. Yeah, like our dining area, it was it was in a giant like tent, and on either side of you was the world's oldest rainforest. Wow. Like you, like I actually witnessed like one of the most, like, cr- like the craziest fucking animal I've ever seen in my life. What was right it? there? A cassowary. I don't so even know what that is. Like, yeah, it's the most dangerous bird in the world. Whoa! So it's like it's like seven feet wingspan. It's as know. tall as me. It's it's six foot Wait, tall. Oh, it's a flightless bird. It's a flightless yeah. bird. Oh it's Jesus! Six foot tall. 
with a hump that that goes. Does it kind of look like an ostrich? It's like a blue. It's it's like a blue hump, right? It looks like an ostrich, except it's bigger than an ostrich, and it's okay. all black, and its neck is bright red and. I don't do birds. Blue, I don't do birds. And it's got like a huge hump, a cask they call it, on its head. Okay. And. If if you get too close to it, it runs towards you and it like has talons. Kicks you. Nice. Yeah, it Sparta kicks you. And <laughs> its talons, its talons are like sharper than a fucking Benny Hanna. It just, it would yeah. just, just <laughs> you know that it is, yeah, it like that's what it's known for is like gutting people. That Sir David Attenborough guy, real masochist. And, like, I don't know what he was thinking. Like, it it would just like randomly like walk through the resort i was working at well wow. like i had to regularly remind people like they couldn't they couldn't get closer that is not an attraction all right no, no. <laughs> it's a death but, sentence. hey listen can i can i say this is another thing that i love about foreign countries just in general and i can't wait till we actually get to interview more foreign bartenders the rules are just a little bit different. We had, in, you know, I told you we had our bar meeting tonight at the bar that I currently work at. And one of the big points of contention is um, we want to extend our deck seating, but the local county won't let us even build a wooden deck onto a parking lot that we already own because they're worried about gas and sewer lines that are down in that part underneath the parking lot. And they're set, they said, you can build it if you want, but at any time, at any time, with no notice and no cost to us, we can come tear that deck up and then drill into your parking lot. What so it's just fuck? a – things are just more heavily regulated in the states, but that's 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 to be seen. So that's yeah, – listen. That's because we we don't have giant killer birds walking around. Very uh, true. Maybe that's, that's a good point. If that was there, people wouldn't worry about that You want to know something <laughs> else that's fucking crazy? On top of these big, massive birds – Yeah. Our, our restaurant was literally on the beach, right? That's so but cool. What else is on the beach? Box jellyfish. But, well, yep. That's something. <laughs> that's something. But I was going for... The stingray that killed Steve Irwin. Oh, water crocodile. Oh, oh. motherfucker. Like, no. And they literally... No. They literally come and hunt you at the night. No. <laughs> they come I, and hunt like, you. I was living on site. I was living on site no. at this place and used to, like, bring my big badass flashlight down to the beach to see if I could see where they had, like, no. laid eggs no. and shit. No. Absolutely not. I found... Not. I found a fucking creek where there was an amateur saltwater crocodile hanging out all the time. And I, like, me and my partner at the time, we, like, shined our light at it. And he and I were like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And it got confused. And it started to walk instead of towards the ocean. It started to walk toward you? straight towards us. Nope. And he was like, well, like, my, my ex-partner, he's like, um, he is um, a venomous, like, he, he has all of his, like, certificates for snakes and like snake reptiles, expert, reptiles and stuff like that. so he probably he's wasn't basically, too he's basically following in steve Irwin's. Um, exactly steve yeah. Irwin's footsteps and so like he understood what was going on but like the entire time i was with him he was like get the fuck back get the fuck back get the fuck back <laughs> and i'm just like 
what's happening? And we saw this crocodile, like, stand up and, like, walk towards us. This croc's charging! It's charging! Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, it it, it actually was. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're saying it as a joke, but no, it actually I'm not. was. I'm really not. I'm really not. And, so it and sounds like, like it sounds like this place was a slice of paradise with a oh side God, a side of so instant crazy. death, depending on where you want to get it. We went yeah. off on a tangent that has nothing to do with bartending. I was just so it's okay. No, I love listen. It I love the stories. Crazy. I love the stories, and to be honest with you, that's what this podcast is really about. But as you're gonna see uh, in in our next section, which is the gauntlet, the top ten questions that we have kind of uh, put together. Mike and I sat down. We put a list of like fifty, and we um, knocked them down. Uh, from there, that's going to, I think, open up even more stories and crazy stuff like that and hijinks. So I can't wait to get into that. Thanks for telling us a little bit about uh, your experience. I think it's so cool. You know, you bounced around from Kansas City in this like premier bar and grinders. You go down to this really unique place in Riverside Cafe and then you go out of the country on just like a gamble. I, I love that attitude and and get these really cool experiences. So um, it's, it's awesome that you can share that. And now like, I don't know about Mike or any of the other listeners, but all I'm thinking is like, I want to be in Melbourne. Like I want to go, exp- <laughs> I'm serious. Like that's the whole point of this pod is to kind of bring that joy of like exploring different bars and getting those different bartenders personalities come out. So, um, thanks for sharing that with us. Are you one more question before we get off the drink in and, and this has been our longest drink in ever. And I like it. I like it. It, 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 it Honestly, oh my going. god, that I'm so good. sorry. I no, hope no, no, we all don't no, 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 we already said we're done. We're done fucking apologizing. We're not. No more apologies. No, no more apologies. We also, you got to keep in mind, we got post production, so we can we can move through this. But anyway, so this might have been our longest strength, but we had a good time. Are you still working in the service industry now? Before we before we move on to the top ten. Uh, um. Kind of not. Mean- I just finished up a temporary job. Okay. So you're kind of on pause right now. But in like two weeks, I'm like going into like the tourism industry. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, we're excited for you. We got, I can't wait to hear more about that. Like what, what the next adventure is. Cause it sounds like you, you know, from what I hear so far, you, I'm sure you got another crazy, uh, crazy adventure. Love, love next. Andy, those stories were great. I, I love the fact that we have finally got to interview an international bartender. It was so cool to hear about you know Florida and Australia and all these different places that you've kind of have got these really cool eclectic experiences. And I'm, I'm so excited to see kind of where you go from here because you said you're getting back into kind of the tourist game, which is kind of – or tourism game, I should say, which is kind of cool. So – um, love that you just took us through the whole drinking. That was really cool. Hands down, and Mike will agree, that was the most interesting profile that we have we have talked to yet. Everybody else is like, I work at my local Applebee's, <laughs> and it's so much fun to Don't serve. Don't talk shit around. Don't no, talk shit around the guys. Dude, but we have Applebee's. Hands. Applebee's I'm just kidding. is a fucking, we, like... It has a plethora. Eating good in the neighborhood, girl. I'm not talking shit at Applebee's. We had saltwater crocodiles and killer birds. And also, we may get into this, but she's also worked at fucking B-Dubs. Oh, Christ. Uh, We are going to get into that. We are going to. All right, hold that. Hold that. Hold that. Hold that. Hold that. Because we are getting into that. Because I work there, too. And B-Dubs keeps coming up on this pod about how shitty that place is. Yeah, fuck that place is right. And I'm happy to say, come after me. That's something that I will not let. 
I will not left. I will not leave unsaid. I love it. At the end of this interview, I demand myself to be heard about. Oh, we're gonna cru- <laughs> we're gonna crucify. We're gonna cru- hate that place. Yeah, so do I. So do I. So do I. And so do like seven of our other guests. Okay, don't worry. Good. We're gonna we're gonna crucify B Dubs here in just a second. We're gonna hop right into our top ten. All right, Annie, here's the top 10. This is the gauntlet that Mike and I put together. We sat down and put like 50 questions, 60 questions. We trimmed it down to 10. So these are the things that we really want to get a bartender's perspective on and in the service industry. So we're going to run through these. And, you know, you just kind of give us an idea of what you're thinking. So the first one is pet peeves and misconceptions. Are there any pet peeves that you have about customers, about other bartenders, anything just about the service industry that's maybe a misconception that people don't understand? And if you don't have one, you know, I got a, I got a good example for this week, but you, you start. I don't know. Do you, do you want to start? I can start. I That's can, fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, I'm I, actually, I, I, one, I, I have something I want to get off my phone. Get off your chest, Mike. Go on. I honestly think this is really, I've been thinking about this since we've been doing this podcast. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important for anyone who's bartending right now and, and who's listening or anybody who's aspiring to be a bartender. Somebody orders a fucking shot from you. And that shot does not require to be shaken with anything. Do not fucking shake that shit in ice, okay? I literally ordered a tequila shot the other night, and the bartender took my tequila, poured it in fucking yeah. ice, and shook it up and gave gave me a watered down shot. And th- that that bartender was lucky I didn't just slap it out of their fucking hand. So you know what's interesting is is that's a hundred percent. I I used to think that that was an age thing, a younger bartender not understanding that a lot of alcohol. Uh, shouldn't be chilled unless a customer asks for it because to me it's sacrilege to it to is. chill to chill not just tequila but whiskey as well i would never chill either one of those but how dare you for years for years i thought that that was an age thing where hey this is a younger bartender that just doesn't understand that or maybe that person doesn't have a lot of experience but i've come to find it's a maturity in the service industry thing a lot of times nobody ever told them that when somebody orders a shot you don't just chill it and their only experience with drinking alcohol is to to have a shot chilled, and so unfortunately, then they chill that. So I'm a hundred percent with you on that one. That one drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. Yeah. So we can lay it out. We can lay it out here right now. You should always take your drink order dictation from the customer. Bartenders shouldn't assume. And if you don't know the right questions to ask, you have to either say to yourself, "Man, um, I need to put a little more effort in my job," or I need to ask somebody else if I don't know. Right or, behind or the bar, the, or ask the customer too. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So, um, that's, I mean, that's definitely a huge pet peeve of mine. Um, misconceptions, you know, like the, the huge one right now is with, with COVID. Um, I, 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 I just I, tell you what my pet peeve is. Yeah. Hop in. Steve, shut the fuck up, dude. All right. We're trying so, to, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, on multiple occasions have been asked like, can you pour this drink? I'm like, yeah, sure. Gotcha. Bam. And they're like, oh, well, can you pour like one or two seconds more? Ah, uh, more alcohol. That, 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 and I'm like, that heavy hand, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll pour that as long as you're willing to pay it. Yeah. Right. yeah. And they look at me and they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well. Just asking for special it. treatment off the street. Yeah. yeah. Right. You, you, and you then they throw first. a fit. They throw a fit. They're like, 
what do you mean I have to pay more? And I'm like, well, you just ordered more than Alcohol costs money. That's why we price our drinks on our menu. What are you talking about? Out of curiosity, have you ever gone to a bar and been like, oh, can you just pour like one or two seconds more? I'm so happy you asked me that because I have a go-to move, right? If I go to a bar and I know somebody, right, I know that they're going to hook me up anyway, right? Mm -hmm. And that's how I would do it as a bartender. Like if a friend or a regular comes in and I know that they're going to tip well or they spend a lot of money here, yeah, I'll give them a heavy hand. But if I go to a place and I've never been there before and I'm a brand new patron, I want to get fucked. You know, like I'm really Mm -hmm. just going going there trying to get drunk. Uh, What I'll say is I'll say – I want to double, pour me extra, and I'll always end whatever my drink order is with, I'll pay whatever I have to every single time. (laughs) No, I'm being dead serious because at at that moment in time, that's what I want, okay? I want a uh, white Russian with three shots of vodka and three shots of Kahlua, and you charge me whatever you need to charge me, but that's what I want right now. (laughs) And usually that result's pretty good. I, I, I mean, people seem receptive to that most of the time. No, and number one, I do love white Russians. Uh, <laughs> I really do. But uh, no, I've, I've done that too. I've gone to a place where, and I, not that line, but like I just held up some money. I was like, look, I will fucking take care of you. But yeah, yeah get, get me fucked up. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to drink right now. Yeah, see the problem with the I'll take care of you line, and I hear you if, you're in te- if you have integrity about it, then you are going to take care of me. But a lot of, Annie, maybe you can speak into this. I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody walk into a bar, order a shot, and say, pour it heavy, you know? Uh, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. And that's the worst tipper of the night. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, some it's, people it's love to flaunt it. Oh, my it's, God. A, yeah. It's a shot back to Tony oh Castino. Yeah. People who are like, I'm going to oh, I'm gonna take good care of you, man. Yeah. They're the worst goddamn tippers of the night. Yeah, it's crazy. So, well, like, even in, like, climates where they're, they're not even intended to tip you, they're like, <laughs> can you please just pour, like, one or two seconds more? And I'm like... I'm sorry, but in what world is a second a measurement of how much volume of alcohol I'm pouring you? Well, you know, a lot a lot of bartenders were, you know, are taught their four second count, right? So yeah, but not not in Australia. Well, well maybe <laughs> not, but you serve them a, a pro, like you serve them an exact amount. Right, right. And well, then, that like through a jigger, you're saying using a jigger yeah, to you, yeah. You them a jigger and in, they don't even want you to charge them more for it see They're and i'm like, actually on your side so to me if uh so the i think the bar industry standard in the united states is that that um uh you know that 1.5 ounces of alcohol you can measure it out using uh the jigger but you can also count it out usually with what yeah. they call a four count and i'm actually on your side annie if you're coming in and saying to me i want an extra second or two guess what that is that's that's, that's a whole ounce shot. of that's a whole ounce or that's a whole yes. another half an ounce and that's yes. that can that money and adds up like, you know they get bitchy when, when it's they crazy receive their bill and they see that they've been charged for it and they're like uh i only ordered this and i'm like yes but you ordered like an extra Two second cow. That's, that's, <laughs> what you, that's what you take about back and you, and you show them the salt water. Well, it's out. just like, <laughs> not even worth it. I'm just like, well, this is what you pay, or like, this is what you pay. Or yeah. just be fucking cool and tip well, and people will take care of you without yeah. having to fucking ask for it. So, so for me right now, not not to branch off. I mean, I don't have a pet peeve, but just a misconception for this week, like. So we're, you know, we're still kind of in the midst of this global pandemic and, and, and COVID and we're pulling ourselves out of it. But one of the things that people, you know, 
bars and restaurants are starting to open. But what people can't seem to understand is this. We are limited on inventory. I am not lying to you when I say I don't have something. I am not lying to you when I tell you the price is this because it's really hard to get something. So the big one right now in the United States is chicken wings. You can't get fucking chicken wings anywhere. The price of chicken wings are going up to $1.50, sometimes $2 per wing. Bars and restaurants are just not even carrying them anymore. So that's one of the craziest things that's going on right now with misconceptions where people just won't seem to be able to accept that. All right, that was crazy. I'm totally with you guys. I mean, number one pet peeve. I, I don't want to say number one because I think we all know my number one. We talked about the lemons in episode one. I can't fucking stand it when people ask for something and then don't use it. That drives me nuts. But I'm, you I'm with talk, you. you. Honestly, you didn't talk about that. We'll talk about that on a different episode. Oh, shit. Did I not? I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, you, you know what? fucking I, didn't. I probably no, it, I don't want to fucking hear about it. Right it now. enrages me so much. <laughs> I, probably, I probably just can't remember sometimes. But no, I mean, I think that's a good one. That's that, those are both good pet peeves and misconceptions. But um, let's lead right into the next one, Annie. You know, what is the best tip, worst tip that you've ever um, received in your career? Do you have any like crazy tipping stories? Uh, when you say tip, do you mean like monetarily? <laughs> Either way. <laughs> Ad- advice. No, I actually I like it. I like it. it can go both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Give us the uh, advice one. That's that's unique. All right. So the advice I would say was, you know what? Even if you're being treated like shit by your employee, these people they don't know that. They don't know that. You mean the customer doesn't know that you're being treated yeah, shit by the like but they don't they don't know that. By like another by another uh, co-worker? Are you saying, like, if you're getting treated shit by your server, the customer doesn't know that? So, like, in general, if your business is not looking out for you, your, like, your customers, they absolutely, they don't know that. Right, right. They don't see behind That's the scenes. you let them know that. Yeah. So, you want them to believe that they are on this awesome, wonderful, amazing experience. Okay? So yeah. Your debt at that point, even though your your employer isn't looking out for you, your debt is actually to the people that have potentially paid like their life savings to come on a trip to experience what you're giving to them. Yeah. Like just because just because you're not having a good day doesn't mean it's okay to make some random person feel inferior. Yeah. Well, and I think we've talked about this before. I think uh, it really comes down to it's your job. Yeah, your Regardless job of is how to you're make feeling. somebody feel like they are yeah. the queen of the moon. Exactly. That's and your and job. Sometimes, sometimes it's really fucking hard. Sometimes it really is, but it, it's your, it's your goddamn job. You know. Hopefully, you get yeah. tipped. If you don't, well, you're in Australia, which they don't tip there, right? But you get paid. You get yeah. paid fucking twenty six dollars an hour. You yeah. can surely make someone feel exactly. like I, the queen of the moon. And like uh, my very best tip that I've ever made off anybody was because I had um, I had a gentleman come to me and he said, "Hi, I plan on proposing to my girlfriend." Wow. While I'm here, and I said, "Oh my God, I'm so excited for you." That's amazing. What do you want me to do? Like, can I help you? And he actually gave me his camera and he said, I don't even care if our faces are blurred. I just want 
photographic memories of the of this moment. I, I proposed to her. Yeah. And so I fucking hid in the bushes. <laughs> I did like she I watched did, out like, for the saltwater yeah, crocodiles. <laughs> I like I like did some test shoots on some of my friends so I That's could get the focus right. And I fucking I actually got some pretty amazing so you not only paid as a bartender that night but also paid as a freelance photographer that's pretty cool (laughs) exactly jack of all trades never once showed any interest in photography (laughs) but it got you a big it got big you nobody i got you fam you're 100 right though you got a big tip that night because you went the extra mile for a customer you made their night special their experience special and I, i like how you put it earlier you said um the, the, the tip that you got, the piece of advice was you can't let the customer see how your employer is treating you, like like the, the what you're struggling with behind the scenes. You got to ha- let them have a good time. The first person that ever trained me as a server, um, I'll just I'll use his first name only. His name is Dennis. I was working at a place called Mountain Branch Country Club. He's an unbelievable restaurateur. And he used to always say to me, Steve, you can never let him see you sweat. No matter what's going on, no matter how much you're running around, you can never let the customer see you sweat. To them, everything's easy, everything's smooth. You got to keep it like that, and and you know that always stuck with me. So that's I like that story, and it, and also there's a little love in that story. That's that that was very well, sen- that's very, very mean, sentimental. If you, I mean, if you did a bit of like hashtag searching, you can actually fucking find my super image like. Your pictures? <laughs> That's awesome. Pictures I would yeah. love to see. I would love to see the picture, and then right next to it, a picture of the receipt with a fat forty or fifty percent tip. That's what I would like to see. Oh yeah. my god! They paid me fifty dollars just to go Jesus. out and like pretend. Just to take the pictures. And I was like, I'm there for it. There are some free. It's it's really it's a, a very beautiful moment that you share with those people. They're they're probably divorced now, but listen <laughs> to our next uh, question now. We're street corners, so and and this can go a lot of ways. Like we're street corners, like that you fucking hated to make for people, or they were just like trash drinks, like that a bartender made for you, or a fucking terrible drink that a bartender made for you. Yeah. Uh, you guys, can I skip this one? Sure, <laughs> sure. So, so are you ready rather, for this one? I'd rather move on to something. That That's fine. That's fine. Before we move on, I got. I actually had a terrible drink order this past weekend. Somebody ordered a grapefruit crush, which is fresh squeezed grapefruit, grapefruit vodka, and triple sec. And they asked me to put a shot of rumple mints in their grapefruit vodka. Yes, mint and citrus together in the same drink. It was, I I almost threw up making it. So I just had to sneak (laughs) that one in. Um, All right, question number. I know. But I know. I'd rather, I'd rather, I, I don't know. I feel like most of the time in every situation I've ever been in, if I didn't like something, a bartender has almost, uh, no, not almost always. They have always been like, I'm so sorry. I can help that. Yeah. I can make something better for you. And here's the here's the weird thing. This is a perfect segue to question number four, which is ultimate mistakes, fuck ups, and, uh, and, and, and crazy hijinks at work. I, um... I didn't even want to apologize. I felt personally bad, like I had dipped below my standards to make that drink. If you want to talk about <laughs> ultimate mistakes, I made an ultimate life mistake. I should have, right when they gave me the order, said, sir, 
what I need you to do <laughs> is get your things, pack up your family, get the fuck out of this establishment, and never come back. And never come back. All right, but you've got you 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 could have been like, oh honey, no. Oh yeah, I should I should have hit him with like an honey, old. Oh yeah. honey, no. I should have been that like, bitch, funny. please. <laughs> No, 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 you well, didn't even have to be that aggressive. You could yeah. have just been like, oh, honey, no. Is that a, is that a Kansas no. staple? Oh, honey, no. Oh, honey, no. That's like, that's like a southern staple. Okay, so what's, now. What's, what's a staple is, is the train horn that you're about to yeah. hear. Oh, yes. Well, um, now. Everyone get ready. I can, I can hear it you know what? Over. My temporary job, I worked for these motherfuckers that are on this the train, train right now. And I guarantee you, 90% of them were nice, but the 10% that weren't, they were not nice. I believe that. I believe this that. Is, this, well, is weird little, this, is, wait, this is a weird little tangent, but my uh, uncle used to work on the train, and uh, he, he, he would bring candy for the little kids. Okay. That is creepy. This podcast is taking a weird turn here. train. You can't touch a kid when you're on a what, train. Was your, uncle's but, name, was your uncle's name Mo? No, fuck you, but he would bring Uncle Mo? Candy. Uncle he'd Mo bring, Lester? He would bring candy for the little kids, and he'd, be, he'd bring rocks for the big kids, and he'd throw fucking rocks. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. Listen. Right, Moving on. Let's go. Oh, All right. I'm cut. Ultimate mistake. You know what the ultimate mistake was? You know what the ultimate mistake was? Trusting Michael. All right, let's move on. (laughs) Question number four. Ultimate mistakes, fuck-ups. These can be yours or your coworkers. Do you remember like a time where you just like made a huge mistake at work? Maybe when in your early serving career when you were at Grinders, did you like drop a tray or anything? Or have you ever seen somebody like just crash and burn? Um, Yeah, so like when I was at Grinders – as an expo, like you're in, you're in charge of so many things. Yeah, and it's you said it's a big place too. On like a super crazy night. Yeah. Um, I, there were like three or four orders that were takeaway, like ten orders that were in ho- like in house, and then ten orders that were like out the back. Okay. And I was like. Uh, and I just like mismatched one of the oh no that like in between like the in house or oh, sorry no. takeaway like I mismatched the takeaway orders, and you want to know who the fuck came to collect their fucking in like their takeaway order? Who's that? Saltwater crocodile. No, <laughs> it was it was it was the fucking police. They were like, where are my wings? And I was oh. like, what did do you, you mean, where are your wings? So did you send your delivery? And they were like, well, they're not. I've got, I've got, a, I've got breadsticks. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I just delivered your wings to some yeah. poor bastard living oh in my Strawberry God. Hill. Oh, my mean? God. So you, you're telling me you sent the cops food to somebody else? Yes, it happened oh, on no. a regular basis. It oh, wasn't even no. like a one time like, occurrence. All right, all right, everybody turn around. Let's go. Spread so you know <laughs> I think I, <laughs> I think we all know that I think we all know that feeling of setting the wrong plate or the wrong drink down on a table and you start walking away and and, and oh, you, shit. it's great when you realize in time you run back and you like <laughs> grab it out of their fucking mouth. You're like, no, no, not yours. 
that is not for you. That is not for you. And that's a great feeling when you get back there in time. But the worst feeling is like when you set it down and it was like a well done steak and that person did also order a steak. So then they start eating. And so then you have a double fuck up because then the table that's supposed to get the well done steak. Now you have to cook another well done steak. And the person who ordered a steak at that table did medium rare. And they're not, they're like, this is overcooked. And so now you have to make Tuesday. The double fuck up is when you send the cops ordered. Yeah, that one too. That one too. And then you're like, oh my God. I fucked up their order. They accepted it, but like now I'm like, am I gonna get arrested? You know, you know what's crazy. Like, wait for me after my shit. You know what? You know what's crazy. If this was street, if this was street justice, and these cops were, uh, you know, probably not on their shift, it would be hilarious if that cop just ripped out a taser and tasered you right in the neck and was just like. You set my wings. <laughs> you think that that would be funny? No, I don't think that would be funny. I mean, I would laugh. I would laugh. I mean, I would laugh. No, I mean, like Annie, I don't ever want to see any karm come to you, but I would laugh. I would have to laugh. Like if I was, if I was sitting at Grinders watching a show and I was drinking a beer, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, I would laugh if it if it happened to me after I quit pissing myself and and regained my. We're, we're, cut, we're moving on. Let's All right, so Steve, Steve has already admonished we me. We haven't even got to the yeah. part with the liquor on the, <laughs> exactly. on the wall. All right, Mike. Steve, Steve has me. already admonished me. We are taking a long time. We're having a good time. We're having a great uh, time. Andy, Andy I'm and sorry. I, we, we're I'm working sorry. out the kinks. Stop. Not, no more apologies. We're, we're not sorry. fucking sorry. I'm we're done with the apologies. But we're right. getting to uh, health code violations. Ep- yeah, yeah, question five. Health code violations. Yes. Yes. I love that face. When when oh, when our guests make that sound, you know a good one's coming. That means that like at least Hit me. Come on. Were oh yeah, I want it. I want it now. As Mike, hold on. As Mike always says, protect the innocent and the guilty. That's right. So keep keep the names. If it's going to oh be potentially God. criminal, if it's going to okay. be potentially right, criminal, right. I'll make up a name. I'll make up. Make a up name. a name for the bar too, or just call it bar whatever. Okay. So tell us. Come on, Annie. Hit us with the story. I was we want. Working for this place called not beach house <laughs> okay okay that works that works and that works and what happened what happened come on you, you're i'm on the edge of my seat right now all right well all right we gotta tell it we gotta tell it we're telling it. All right. So I was working for this place called Not Beach House in the middle of like the Not most. Not Australia. The most tropical fucking climate you can think there, of. It was a desert. No, it was in a desert. No, there's no saltwater crocodiles anywhere. Okay. No, there, all right. So all what happened? Places. But what happened? Let's. Th- what I happened? Know, I'm trying to get there, but people are interrupting me. All right. It's Not Beach House in the middle of Not Cave Tribulation. <laughs> And his name is definitely not Monty. His name is super not Monty. And he is like definitely not the chef at this place. (laughs) He's super not the chef there. And I'm working and it's like... Well, you weren't working. You weren't working. No, you're not working. super hot. Like I'm talking like 130 degrees plus humidity. And it's raining, so okay. it's like 3,000% humidity, and it's really fucking hot. And he is serving food to people in this, like, halfway 
you can see it halfway, you can't see it kitchen, right? Okay, okay. And I'm with you. I place an order with him, and I go over to talk to him, and as I'm walking over, I see him wipe his face with this rag, right? And I'm like, hey, Monty, you can't use that rag anymore. I hope you know that, like, there's lots of orders coming through. I would just get rid of it and use, like, paper towels. Or oh, God. And he goes, yep, yep, fine, fine. And I look over, and the order that I just placed, he fucking used the sweat rag to wipe a sauce splash off of. And I wasn't the only <laughs> one to see it. Oh, my God. One of our, one of the guests saw it they saw it they reported it and i like told my manager i said dude he is not acceptable as a fucking yeah he's not a chef he's I mean, not a chef god damn it not and i'm like i'm like he was not only just serving like a regular guest that night it was like a tour group. Oh, so it was like, a lot of people. Of like, a lot of people. A lot of, of orders. like five tables. Yeah. And their tour guide saw him do it. And so I had to like walk in front of Monty. Oh, God. And in front of my manager. And she goes, Annie, did you see Monty be unhygienic in front of them? <laughs> and I go, uh, Natalie. First off, nobody uses the words unhygienic. <laughs> yeah, dumb I, bitch. Did you see him being I straight up was just like, Natalie, I'd rather fucking eat my ancestors' toenails than eat the food he preserved. Well, and so here's and fucking so, made tonight. Can I, so in, can I hop in? Can I hop in just very quickly here? So, yes, uh, as so somebody, gross. as somebody that's hearing this story for the first time, okay, I. I don't like other people's sweat, just in general. And we, a couple pods back, we were talking about which would be worse, which would be worse. Somebody, you know, somebody using the bathroom, not washing their hands and then using the food or somebody jerking off or diddling their Skittle and then not washing their hands and washing the food. I got to be honest with you. If you do those two things or you're just like a sweaty mess and you don't like, you, you can't keep your hands clean, you can't keep hygienic, I think. God, I don't know, but I think sweat might ski me out the most. Maybe that's weird, but the reason I bring it up, the reason I bring it up, because I'm hearing this story for the very first time, and this is theater of the mind, okay? That's what this medium is. <laughs> you could not have picked a better name than Monty for this story. And you I'm not, know I know, something? I know that that's his not real name, but no, I'm just but saying. it actually is his real name. I know, I that's why I said it's his not real name. said protect the goddamn guilty, yes, yes. Come on, man. So, so the point I'm of, sorry, uh, it's Annie, insane. Annie, it's hold on. Not, it's not Monty. <laughs> Annie, the point of what I'm, Annie, the point of what I'm trying to, the point of what I'm trying to say is this. If you tell me that Sally's sweat accidentally got on my plate. I'm like, all right, Sally's probably dainty. She showers off and she puts on the other. <laughs> Monty sounds like a guy whose sweat is like what raw fucking sewage. All right. That sweat sounds fucking foul. And the fact that it just touched my plate, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to vomit. If I'm one of those tourists, I'm walking up, I'm, I'm getting up, I'm taking my fork and my knife with me and I'm going to go kill a saltwater crocodile and me and that shit. Okay. That, because, 
you know, because I'm not eating Monty's fucking ass sweat. That's for sure. So, all right. Maybe, maybe the plate was under-seasoned and Monty's sweat. Uh, just a little. Shut little, the yeah. fuck up. A little saline. Yeah, a little saline. I actually, I'm back in now. I'm back in now, you know? All Throw right, it on my right, steak, right. baby. So, so, moving on. So, this is a great, this is a great segue to our, our, our kind of next question, which is ratchet and crazy customers. So, now, for, forget about <gasps> the health code. Forget it. Hold on. Forget about the health code violations, okay? What we want to know is... Tell us about some really memorable customers, people that were just weird, crazy, ratchet, um, you know, anything like that. So this is not health code. This is now other side of the house. Do I, are we talking about like ratchet and the fact that they wanted to fight or like ratchet? No, nah, we'll get to the, the fights. I'll give you a good, like, so I'll give you a good example. About the goddamn crocodiles. Or I'll get to the fight. <laughs> I'll get to the fight section in a second, but I'll give you a good example, right? So. There used I've, to, got, I've got one. I just thought yeah. I, I didn't but, know if I needed to differentiate. No, that's fine. I'm, I'm glad you did. So I'll give you a quick example. Mike and I used to go to this bar in Baltimore called The Crown. It was a super shady dive bar on the second floor above this Korean restaurant. When you walked Great in. Great fucking restaurant, by the way. It, yes. But when you walked in, there was graffiti all over the walls. And I'm guaranteed that they were also moving heroin out of there. And you'd walk in. You'd walk up this windy set of steps into The Crown. And The Crown was like this. Um, it was themed after The Matrix, a red blue pill type of thing where one side of the bar was all painted blue the other side of the bar was all painted red it was a cool concept i saw the coolest person i've ever seen in my entire life singing karaoke at the crown one time he was wearing a purple leather jacket camo pants (laughs) doc martin shoes a nascar dale earnhardt jr hat and he was carrying around two fern leaves and he was holding them in front of his face singing like do you really want to hurt me? And he was just such a fucking character. It was like this. I love. I loved him from the second I saw him. And so that's what we're looking for. Just memorable, ratchet, crazy customers. All right. So one night I get this elderly couple. What I say elderly, I would say they're probably like in their early sixties. Yeah, it's okay. Come down, like come down to this bar that's literally like the one I was telling you guys about. Like it's literally right next to the ocean. Crocodiles are right there. Right. Okay. And they're having a really good time, both of them, and they're both lovely. But then, like after their like second or third drink, like the girl, she comes up and she says. I just want to let you know that he he's his prognosis is only about two and a half, three weeks. Holy shit. And actually looking at him, it it checked out. <laughs> oh Jesus. I I what I'm not like, even, yeah, I, I'm I not even that, trying yeah. to be salty. <laughs> like looking at him, I was like, oh my god, like I don't even care if you're lying. Like that checks out. Like, Jesus. Okay. Will, whatever you want. I'll She's like, I want a couple of extra seconds on that pour. I was just oh, gonna no. say, <laughs> that's when you give them. That, that's when you I say, sir, you can have the bottle. No, 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 no. It wasn't even that. It wasn't even that. Like she told me, and like I served them is like immediately when they wanted new drinks. But like I actually like hung out with them. And they were like, 
oh, we've been told that there are croc sightings on this beach. And, like, I was like, yeah, there are. And I showed them, like, the lagoon and hung out with them for a little bit. Were you got? Were you literally about to make this old dying man croc bait? That is some... <laughs> that is, that no, is some... No, that's no, a no, deep no. cut it there, Annie. It wasn't like a croc bait situation. It was like, dude, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, you know... Whenever you see something for yourself, you, it's different than when you, when like somebody else sees it. Right, right. So that was the most memorable thing about him is that he was kind of withering away. He was definitely withering away. Like it wasn't just a lie. It wasn't a lie. And I went and I hung out with them and I showed them like lots of really cool places. That's awesome. Right around the resort, you know, and the the lady she's like she paid for it and she goes I'll be back I'll be back I promise we'll both be back and when she finally came back it was like six months later yeah and she told me the same story with a different man Whoa! no yes! no the same no. fucking story Whoa! Annie this entire Annie, this entire, this entire, oh my God, oh my God, that was incredible. And like, I, I, I was literally like, um, I'm sorry, but what happened, what happened to, what happened to your former lover, right? What, what happened to Leonard, the guy I met that was, uh. Dying, Deathbed. Annie. She's so, just so a fucking hospice worker taking him out for a good said, time. Oh my god! She goes, we grew apart. <laughs> we grew apart is what she hits you with. We and grew I, apart. I literally was like, no, fuck you, get the fuck out of here, Annie. I gotta ask you, get I, the fuck out of here. I gotta ask you. Number one, I didn't see that coming. Okay, but I have to. Me either. Holy Me shit. Either. Holy shit. You I told that beautifully. I did not see that coming. Oh my god. I was just like, you fucking bitch. So do you guys? Do you, you guys? Fucking bitch. Do you guys think? Do you guys think that she gave up on Leonard and he died, or do you no. think? Or do you think that she's like the type of person that goes and preys on old dying yes. men, yes. and then and, yes. and like Anna Nicole Smith, Definitely. like tries to get them to Definitely. sign over. Oh my god. Definitely. That's insane. I definitely Do, think yeah. that she so, preys on people like that. So who was the new guy? Did you give him a warning? Were you were you like were, you know you know giving him the whole like hey get out get out bro? <laughs> well no, I was just like no, this is what happened. This is how I found it all out. I go, oh my god, I feel so sorry about Leonard. I haven't seen you since. Yeah. Are you yeah. okay? And she sort of was just like, who's Leonard? Yeah, nonchalant about it. Yeah. And I was like. Bitch. What you know what's funny? You know what else is but ironic? I, now now I'm thinking that oh the reason she asked you to take her around the resort is so that she could see all the places where she could potentially murder Leonard. Okay, crocodiles. Uh, what was that crazy bird that you told us about? The cassowary. Yes, the cassowary. And so I think she's thinking, okay, hmm, maybe I can push him off this cliff oh or God. leave him in a rainforest. Honestly, <laughs> like, I, I, guess I straight up, I could not believe that that happened. I, I told my manager about it. I yeah. said, just in case, like, just in case, I just want you to know that, like, she told me that her husband was dying. Yeah, that's insane. And, like, 
now she's back with another guy. And that's one of the craziest customers we've encountered. That's that's awesome. I love that it story. Was, it's Fucking not rats, awesome. Like, well, that that's a good story. Okay. That's insane. That bitch is crazy. No doubt. She is crazy. Well, look, um, this is kind of a little bit of a switch up. So we, we love to talk about um, bar fights, arrests, and fires. So that's question number seven. Do you have any good bar fight stories for us? Well, Before I got a we girl. That, I just want to say I really hope that fucking lady put out. <laughs> she, if she was leading men to their death. I hope she gave up some of that sweet old pussy. I'm really happy you added that, Mike. That was a really important <laughs> note that we, we had to sneak in there for that question. But <laughs> All right, question number seven. So we're going to move right on from Ratchet Crazy Customers. That was a great story. Fights, arrests, and fires. I'm a fire guy, so I, I love – you, fam. Okay. All right, tell us. Hit us with the uh, – you All said right. somewhere in so Sydney? When I was when I was in Sydney, Yeah. I was working at this like – Mexican restaurant, which are few and far between in Australia, by the way. Yeah. It's a long way away. Very few and far between, <laughs> but they also had like um, a very prevalent music scene at the same time. Right. And like one of my friends that I worked with, she's actually like a legitimate rock star in Australia right now because of her job there. Her name is Ruby Fields. And okay. she becomes famous here. Everybody, well, everybody should listen to her regardless. She's we can't amazing. wait. To, we can't wait to plug her on the pod. Ruby Fields. Ruby Fields, bitches. Seriously <laughs> though, like she's amazing. Um, but anyway, um, one night I was there, and like our craziest nights was on Sundays, because that was always our. We had like super cheap sangria it was yeah. like 20 dollars sangrias and so everybody's getting fucked up and 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 what a fight breaks out fucked up. and it's people from like all over the sydney area and like cronulla where i was at it was in like the southeastern corner of it okay and i was a bartender and it just it it was like really lazy most of the time but during sunday nights and sangria night it would get really crazy sangria sangria like, sangria that day that day we had rented out the 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 bar to a skateboarding company and they had used it as like their skateboarding video release okay center and it was like so a lot of little punk, like, lot of little punk skateboarders in there drinking sangria, ready to fight. Okay, I'm okay, starting to see yeah. where this is so going. Basically, like <laughs> they broke one of our sinks in the men's restrooms. <laughs> there was like a bag of Molly, like multiple bags of Coke in the bathroom. Jesus! And they tried to like take on our security guard. <laughs> gave up at that point. Were, did, were they using their skateboards as weapons? No, no, they were just like using their elbows. And <laughs> they only fought with their. They only fought with their elbows. How, yes. how, how do you forget your goddamn bag of coke and Molly in the goddamn bathroom? Yeah, Mike would well, never forget well, his coke and his Molly in the bathroom. Are you where it's you don't because they were like fifteen and sixteen years old. Oh Jesus! And you didn't. And they, wait, 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 wait! Can we pause? Can we? Can we slow down here? We need to slow down here. Are you telling me okay, that a group okay. of fifteen and sixteen-year-old skateboarders were fighting the bouncers <laughs> at, at Sangria Night at the only Mexican restaurant in the city? You can't. You literally can't write this stuff. Like that is so fucking ridiculous. So let me preface this. 
this skateboarding company, it, it is like, um, I, I don't fucking know shit about skateboarding, but they, they were like predominant in the Sydney area and we were in the right. Sydney suburbs. Yeah, it makes sense. And we, like our owner owned like our venue as well as, um, another music venue and the other music venue it had overflow, so they came to our venue. Ah, I see. The release. I see. And it turns so, into this big sangria brawl. Yes. <laughs> it turned into this giant sangria so fucking brawl. Lame. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Sixteen-year-olds like, on Molly like, fighting bouncers on sangria. Sorry, but like, how many? How many like reasonable people do you know that like skateboard for a living? I know a few, but I, I hear what you're saying. I feel like um, so there's a there's a place yeah, so there's a place here there's a place here in Baltimore called Johnny Rads, and anytime you go to Johnny Rads, there's always like a skateboard release video party, and I can't tell you how many fights I've seen at Johnny Rads. So <laughs> there might be. I think I think when you do a sport where you're gonna shoot, you know, go super fast on wheels and then shoot off a ramp and potentially just break every bone in your body, at that point. You know, you're living life on the edge. You're ready to fight, you know? I agree with you. So So basically, it was like all of the reasonable people had their release and then... (laughs) All the unreasonable people. More of a release because it wasn't just like all of the people that like understood that you couldn't be like a piece of shit. Got it. So all the pieces of shit came to the Mexican restaurant. Everybody was releasing their video on the same day and they did it at the same night. That's crazy. Oh my god, it was such a shit show. So they broke like all this shit, fight the bouncers. Yeah. And then they went on stage and they like actually challenged our our security guard, who's like this (laughs) enormous fucking Jamaican guy. He is enormous. And so they challenge him, they're like, Fuck you, I'll fight you, that kind of thing. Like Fuck you, I'll throw you off the stage. And you want to know what happened? Yes, I do. (laughs) Yes, go ahead. Our Jamaican, our Jamaican, fuck you, I'll throw you off the stage guy, he lost. No, no. He fucking lost. To the skateboard punks on the sangria and the molly? I see 16-year-olds. Yeah, like swarming him. Yeah, like, like swarming him. Beating this fucking Jamaican man with skateboards. <laughs> yeah, that's all I can think of. No, right there now. were no skateboards in sight. They were all just like, <laughs> well, 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 folks, you know our motto here on uh, the Bartender Rant Podcast, never sangria and skateboard. All right, so that moves us right on to question number eight, sex stories. Tell me any crazy like sex stories, either you or other people in the bar, or if you ever seen customers fucking in the bar, any crazy sex stories there? Anybody ever fuck a saltwater crocodile? Um, you know what? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not stopping the saltwater crocodile. Oh, I see that you are dead. Listen, coming and they're coming hard. <laughs> your material, your material's very creative tonight. I, can tell. <laughs> I mean, it would be remiss to like excuse my own. Oh, don't don't excuse your own. My own scenarios in what, this. What'd you do? What'd you do, Annie? Give us a wild escapade. I... Tell, tell the people. Absolutely didn't have sex in any of the scenarios. <laughs> nope, no sex in any of the bars. What did you None say? Th- what did you say at the beginning of the pod as advice to me, Annie, about my particular predicament at the time? Is uh, I got to stop uh, shitting where I eat. 
Yeah, that's good. I think that's good advice for all of our listeners out there. In fact, I don't know what you're talking about. Man. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to hijack this category. I think that that is what um, I'd like to use this category for today, if you wouldn't mind, Andy. I'd like to use it a public service announcement for all of our listeners. If you're a bartender or server out there, thank you. Thank you. If you're a bartender or server out there and you're in the service industry, heed this warning from Annie Gladbach and I. Please, please, no matter how he or she is, just don't do it. Fuck somebody else, okay? Don't do it in your own restaurant. It is a mistake. It will come back to bite you in the ass like a saltwater crocodile. <laughs> All right. Steve, Steve's been having a rough week with an old lady. Uh, we don't need to get into that. All right, moving on. <laughs> Question number nine: Bar hazing Details pranks. Details are oh. not needed. Yeah. I just but... want to let everybody know that. Like, you know what? I got that I don't ass. Give a fuck <laughs> if someone's super hot. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Fuck them all. Fuck them all. Well, as, as we said before, and like not in the here. literal way. What a perfect, what a perfect, not in the literal way. What a perfect transition to the Mike and I's favorite category: bar hazing, pranks, and games, where you fuck over the new people. Do you have any examples of some hazing or some pranks uh, that you've ever experienced at bars? All right, let me think about this one for a moment. We used to um, one of the ones that that. Uh, um, we had a buddy would always do was he would stand at tables in a weird way. So he would go up to a table to wait on them. And then when he got to the table, he would turn profile. So he was facing to the side of them and he would never look at anybody at the table or anybody in the eye. And he'd wait on their order like that. And it would freak people out. They had no idea how to handle it. Or he'd walk up to a table and he spread his legs so far wide each way to where his face was like eye level with the table. And he was like stretching. That would freak people out too. And it was one of the funniest things ever to watch. People like just couldn't handle it. So any, any, any examples like that? So like for me, it was always it depended on who I worked with. Yeah, yeah. So how about when you're with your friends, like with a good cut of people at the bar? If I was at a good cut of people at the bar, I if there was someone new, I would tell them to drain the oil in the fryers, but make sure they left the like the gauge open at the bottom. And not close it again for the new oil? Yep. You're evil. That is some that is some <laughs> shit right there. If anybody out there has changed a fryer, and I have changed a million fryers. <laughs> I used to be a cook before I was a bartender. If you don't close that and, and you make the mistake of pouring that new oil in, it goes right onto your feet. That's the first place it goes. It shoots right out of there, and there's oil all over your shoes. And then you go to run to like fix it, and you slip and you fall on your ass. It may have happened to me. Um, that is brutal. That is some brutal shit right there. I don't even know how to recover from that. Actually, I do. Question number 10, firing and quitting stories. If you did that shit to me and I was your cook, I'm fucking quitting. I'm fucking quitting. Middle fingers to the sky. I'm taking off one of my oily shoes. I'm going to hit you in the fucking face with it. Oh, my God. This is where I shit all over Buffalo Wild Wings. Hit me. Let's go. Give me the beat up stories. All right. This is a perfect way to... What a perfect way to wrap up our top 10. Give us your firing quitting stories from oh Buffalo Wild Wings. All right. So I, I was like, I was bicycling to Buffalo Wild Wings okay. 22 miles a day. Where? What town? What town? In fucking 
Deerfield, Florida. Okay, all right, keep going, keep going. So you're bi- bicycling, so you're bicycling in fucking Florida, man. That is rough. All right. <laughs> hey, at least it's like flat down there, Michael. On me all the time. I was okay. sweaty and I was hot, and I got to my job, and there was always this one punk ass motherfucker named Billy. And I'm not even making his name up. His name was Billy. And he was always like, Hey, what are you doing after work? (laughs) And I was always like, None of your fucking business, man. I'm going home. And he's like, I know that you, you bicycle after work. (laughs) You want to put your bike in my trunk? (laughs) No. And I was just like, Oh, do you? Do you know that I bicycle after work? That's super cool. So I went to my managers and I said, hey, just want to let you know that this guy's being really creepy and sexual and weird. Yeah. And I don't want anything to do with him. Good play by you. I really appreciate if you make sure that he, he and I never work together ever again. And like he had also been sending me really weird text messages. Yeah. But he has like a, he had like an internet phone so he could change his number at any time. That's but that's like, weird. An internet phone? What the fuck is that? <laughs> I think it's just not tied to a regular number. It's just basically a phone that works on so Wi-Fi. So he could just right. like choose the number that yeah. he wanted to message off of. And I told my bosses that. I said, "Hey guys, like he's really creepy." He knows that I ride my bike home from work because we've worked together since my start. Right. He is like he he told basically he told me like, oh, if you want a holiday, I know a way to make make you like a quick fourteen hundred dollars. All you got to do is shut the fuck up and suck my dick. Wow. Wow. I like screenshotted those messages and and showed them. Show them to your managers. My manager. And they were like, well, we'll talk to him. And I said, well, if you do, never, ever, ever mention my name. And the next shift I came in, they said, well, we asked Billy why he would message you, Annie. And he said he had no idea. And I was just like, you know what? You just threw me under the bus. You just threw me under the bus. Yeah, exactly. I said, you threw me under the bus, and there's no way in hell you'll ever, 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 ever get me to work for this company ever again. And you quit right then and there. Well, sexual assaults are really, 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 like, serious. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, really they are serious. They are serious. Why aren't you taking them seriously, exactly. Buffalo Wild Wings? Oh my God, Listen, so you know what? At some point, but it at some... pissed me the fuck off. I was like, fuck you. I was like, you know what? I'm not coming in tomorrow or the day after or the day after. <laughs> or the next day. Like, or the next day. <laughs> and they were like, why? And I was like, because I don't like the way that your corporation handles things. And they're like, regardless of how you think corporate handles things, this isn't the correct way to handle that. No. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. I could think of about a thousand different ways I could handle this even more appropriately. Yeah, I think we, look, I think we can all agree, and I don't want to cut in here, but I think we can all agree that one of the biggest issues, and I, you know, I worked in the, um, you know, I worked in the criminal justice field for, for about five years when I, when I got out of law school. And so that was, um, something I constantly saw over and over again with all different types of businesses of all different scales. 
the reporting method was with not just sexual assault, but just like sexual harassment, which really is 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 un- unfortunately what sounds like you um, went through there, is never handled right. And the, I think the biggest thing is there's there's not the protection level that needs to be given to victims on the front end, right? Where it's just so simple to go to Billy and confront him, and it can be completely anonymous and just say, hey. Uh, you, you know, they honest to God, they could have just removed him from your shifts, right? You could have worked a totally different shift. And, and, and that's exactly yeah. what you were doing. And you were trying to be proactive there. And for them to call you out like that um, actually makes the situation more dangerous because now you've supercharged this guy that's already acting creepy. You put a bullseye on this on this girl's head, um, you know, and, and, and honest to God, you've not actually solved the problem. So you've not, you you haven't taken them off the shifts and now you're going to the victim, the person who has been victimized. And you're saying, this is your problem that you need to clean up now. And I, you know, and basically putting, you know, putting the, the microscope uh, on you. And I think that's total bullshit. You know, at some point a day is going to come where I'm going to get reached out to by a Buffalo Wild Wings attorney. And I'm ready <laughs> for that fucking day. Come and take me motherfucker. I can go all day long about this company. I worked there and I quit and I was happy to quit. And because I saw this business run so ass backwards in so many different ways. And and I can't say this enough. This is not specific to Buffalo Wild Wings, but this is a hill I will die on. I cannot shut my mouth. And the idea um, that anybody has to feel uncomfortable in their workspace, that they can't talk about it, that they don't have somebody to go to to talk about it, that somebody's not going to stand up for them. It makes me feel like not not as helpless as you probably felt in that situation but it makes me feel furious i can't i can't stand that and 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 that's a that is fucking incredible yeah it's a huge there are so many people that don't even see an issue with it yeah it's a huge problem in the service and you know it's a huge problem in the service industry period bars and restaurants are um you know they're just an area of a lot of friction right men and women working close to each other it's high stress there's a lot of sex. There's a lot of sexual tension. I think what breeds out of that is a lot of inappropriate behavior. And, you know, it's not always a corporate workspace. Buffalo Wild Wings, maybe, but it's not always a corporate workspace. And so what I think is tough sometimes is um, uh, the, a lot of times the GM is just some guy that was a bartender five years ago. And he just, you know, he, he ended up being a GM, but he doesn't necessarily have the people skills or the management skills or even just the basic human empathy to deal with a problem like that. And so I'm I'm right there with you. I'm glad you fucking quit and walked out on them. I hope there were some middle fingers in the sky as you walked out the door that day. Well, you want to know some crazy shit is that after I quit, I found out that my general manager, he, instead of getting fired, he was just transferred to a different, a different restaurant for doing the exact same thing that I yep. had already complained about. It's putting and a Band-Aid on after, an open wound. And after I had quit over the same thing, I found out through a friend that was still working there that she had undergone sexual harassment from the same from guy? Him. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, and you like, know what? I there guarantee might not, he's not in jail. Yeah, there he's might not, not be... not dealing with it. There might not be any hope for for that guy or, or that you know or that restaurant, but I will tell you this: I hope that um, that story and just us talking more about the, you know, some of the, you know, the 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 good and the bad of the service industry. Hopefully, this touches somebody out there, right? Like maybe one bar, one bartender, one bar manager, 
um, you know, can, can do this differently um, and, and maybe think about it differently. So I appreciate you sharing that story. And hey, listen, we just became closer friends because I share your fucking hatred for that establishment. <laughs> I do. All right. Well, Annie, you made it through the top 10. I'm very proud of you. It was a hell of a gauntlet I'm tonight. I'm sorry that this was like a bajillion hours. Absolutely not. Say? We're, we're done with the goddamn apologies, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> No, it's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. Now we're going to get up to, uh, we're going to jump right into our kind of last little question section here. Oh my God, there's more. Oh, no, we're going to get you out of here today. Up. It's gonna get you, we're gonna get you out of here today. So before we go to the wrap up, let's let's do um, the how's my driving sections. Will we, you know, Mike and I want to learn. We want to get better. We want to improve at podcasting too, and and this interview um, uh, for the bartenders. Um, so I, I think we probably missed some questions that maybe you would like us to ask. You know, you were telling me a little bit earlier um, about uh, an issue that you're really passionate about, which is kind of maybe the mistreatment of, of uh, migrant workers and kind of nomadic workers in Australia, something that you really saw from that experience working down there. Um, and, and I know you really wanted to kind of touch on that. So we usually use this section for our guests to give us recommendation, recommendations or just give us some insight about the industry. Would you like to tell us kind of a little bit more about kind of those working conditions and, and, and what the what's really going on in uh, the restaurant service industry in Australia and, and the New Zealand area? Okay. I know it's a lot to unpack. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's so much different for me than it is for a lot of other backpackers in Australia and lots of other countries. But I, I will focus mainly on Australia because it's something that I actually know about. Yeah. All right. So I am like, whenever I was there, and in New Zealand, I was on a work and holiday visa. Okay. Which means that, like, I was able to be there because I had a certain education qualification. I had a certain, like, comprehension of English. Yeah. And that means that I had different work Advantages. Yeah. Yeah. Than the other people. So, like, all the other people. So, like... England, like, I, I don't even... People from all over the world, I hear what you're saying, are kind of coming there as nom as nomadic workers, right? The Yeah, and they didn't have to have, like, education, English qualifications, nothing. Yeah. Okay, so they were used as migrant workers. Yeah. Okay, so whenever you first come to Australia on either a working holiday or a work and holiday visa, you, you can do whatever you want. But if you want to secure a second year visa under the same pretenses, yeah. you have to, you have to like complete X amount of different like working days. Okay, so a lot of you have to accrue a certain number of hours, right? Does that kind of yeah, but okay. it's different. So for me, because I am, I am part of a work and holiday visa instead of a working holiday visa. Yeah, I don't have to accrue as many hours. Know. You well, like I don't, ha I don't have to let them know that I I can speak English because I'm okay. conferred. Okay, and. I, I'll, all I have to do to get my second year visa 
is to work 88 hours above the Tropic of Capricorn. Okay, so if you go to the Tropic of Capricorn right. line, I, all I have to do is work 88 hours in hospitality or tourism above that line. Yeah. Or I can to keep getting work. to keep getting that visa renewed. Exactly. Yeah. Or so for for I these, to, I can work farming, right? Yeah. For the okay. for these other workers that weren't in the same boat as you, what was what was the, was it a much higher requirement, almost like something that they couldn't so attain? Basically, they instead they don't get the option of having to work um, in hospitality or tourism. Oh, they really? They're restricted. work in farming. Okay, and okay. agriculture. Yeah, exactly. That's really and tough they work have too. To work eighty-eight hours. But the problem, it doesn't even lie with which, which, which part industry, of the yeah. industry you're working in. The problem lies in the fact that the farmers, they take advantage of you. Okay, so during COVID. By hours, by pay, all kinds of things, right? Everybody's countries said, you need to get home immediately. Australia's farming industry all of their fruit and all of their vegetables were rotting because the only way that they could actually pick all of those fruit and vegetables were those migrant workers. Way, well, yeah, was through backpackers. Yeah, okay? that's crazy. But it's not it's not like they they make an hourly wage. They don't make an hourly wage. They make it's a wage that's made yeah. by I think it's weighed, right? Yeah, it's per it's what you it's pick or the piece. weight of what you pick, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, oh my God, you're in. If you if you go to a farm in the middle of zucchini season, yeah, and they tell you like, oh, if you're a good worker, you could make so much money, and that and that's what they kind of yeah, that's how they entice you, right? But it's like, okay, so yes, you're right. But on top of that, you also have, you also have to take into consideration that the farmers also make you stay in the accommodation that they provide for you yeah and those aren't always they the best allow, situations yeah. yeah they don't allow like they don't allow any outside transportation so you're stuck there at their you're mercy a lot there. of the time yeah and on top of that like it's not even just backpackers like so like the some of these people i'm sure are trying to make a life there as a migrant worker like yeah. islanders, islanders yeah like, no doubt so i've Throughout the years, I've worked through a lot of people that are, for example, from Vanuatu. Okay. And you they, saw them exploited by by these farmers. Yes. Yeah. They work their fucking ass off. They are there. They are there for like eighty hours a week. Yeah. But they get paid X amount of money. And it's brutal labor. Down on your hands and knees, money. picking. Produce, yeah, yeah it's like brutal a labor. A certain amount of that money, it goes to their living expenses. And on top of that, they also have to pay cleaning expenses. And on top of that, they also have to pay transportation expenses. Yeah. And on top of and that. And then at the end, what are you left with, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, well, I, I got to be honest with you. After the fucking saltwater crocodiles and the killer birds, like, I don't want to go there. <laughs> really no brutal working conditions i'm yeah. not gonna pick any goddamn vegetables yeah. you you have to understand that like that that situation that i just told you about with australia it's not just an australian no it's issue. not it's it's not it it's has, not exclusive uh, okay, to them if you look
look at the Jamaicans that came and picked it's, sugar or cut sugar cane in the it's it's States. it's all over it's all over the world. And I don't mean to yeah. I don't mean to I don't mean to rein you in here. You know, it's definitely. No, I mean, it we we it's we talked about this earlier. We talked about this earlier. This is you know a huge issue in any it's a any issue. Yeah, look, um, you know, labor conditions uh, is is something that I've always been very passionate about. You know, I one of the reasons. Um, you know, I, I pursued a career in, in the legal field was because I wanted to, to get into union work and try to help, um, uh, uh, you know, represent some of these larger labor groups. And so I look, you just wanted I, to be a goddamn union gangster. That's what you uh, yeah, that's right, Mike. That's right. Thanks for adding a little levity here. I know what, I, I don't mean to rein you in. I love how passionate you are about this particular issue. And I think, um, it's, My it's something. My only thing is that you are fighting for the people that we're talking about, and I actually have been. You are on the ground, people, and so that's why I wanted, you know, and, and that's why I'm, I appreciate you sharing the story, and and you know, I I wish we had more time to talk about it now. I do want to rein yeah, us in I'm here. Not, I'm not. No, no. Like upset about. No, the no. Fact but that one of the things. Enough time. I just one of the things. You to know that there. I appreciate that. Yeah. Like, I appreciate what you are doing for people. Yeah. And I don't want you to well, I'm not doing. I'm cert. I'm certainly not doing enough, and I don't have experience on the ground. But one of the things I want to let all the listeners know is we're going to put out, um, you know, some links of ways to to contact Annie. Look, if you are one of these people in Australia or New Zealand or anywhere else, and you just want to kind of talk about uh, your experience, um, I'm sure she'd love to talk to you about it. Uh, and and I think we're going to try to. You know, one of the things that Mike and I have talked about is as this pod grows, we'd love to really develop a community where we can start. Um, helping some of these people, whether through that's charitable donations or whether that's just through support groups. You know, I, I've had some, I've had times in my life where I've really struggled, um, not just with money, but the job I was working on. Um, you know, and I know that a lot of people out there, especially in this COVID environment, are as well. So, you know, uh, the service industry can be brutal on people, and um, you know that that agro business that's what feeds all this, um, you know, food service. So that's kind of part of our whole ecosystem. So I think if we are are not get lending a voice to to those people too that are in kind of that chain of production, then we're kind of also missing uh, a, a big picture here. So, Annie, thank you for giving us honest to God, uh, not just some amazing stories uh, that we laughed and we were a little grossed out about at times, but <laughs> no, but some serious human perspective. I I don't want this pod to all be bathroom jokes and and hijinks. I I want want people to actually be able to connect. Um, and really talk about it because you know what that is? That's the conversation you have at a bar. Real conversations. Sex, drugs, politics, religion, rock and roll. We want to talk about the crazy things. We don't want to keep this vanilla. So I, I love I, I appreciate you um, sharing us uh, with us something that you're so passionate about. So um, we are going to wrap it up. Thank you for joining us. It has been an absolute blast. We have two more questions for you, Annie, before you get out of here. Um, oh my God, I'm sure you're like, bitch, please. Nah, nah, please the, the, get the yeah, fuck out of my face. Yeah, these are the easy ones. So these are our closing questions. So the first one, uh, we always say, why do you still do this? Uh, why are you still in the why are you still in the service industry? You want to know why I'm still in the service industry? Because it doesn't matter what the fuck I've gone through. There's always some rad fucking people that really just want to connect with other people. I love it. Yeah. And that is really what it's all about. Like, there are some shit cunts all over the place, but there's always going to be really awesome people that want to... They want to connect. Yeah. They want to they wanna know about your life, even if it was bad. Yeah. And I think that that's really beautiful. 
there's a lot of things you can say about this business, but one of the things you cannot say is that we're devoid of personality. (laughs) (laughs) There are fucking personalities in this business. I love that too. All right. Well, Mike, why don't you hit her with the last question? One of our favorites. So, and on a good note here. So if you were to open a bar, what would you call it? Or what would the theme be? Ooh, child. <laughs> I kind of like the bar just called Ooh, child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, I'm good, they got a saltwater crocodile there. You heard about that, right? Yeah, it's a saltwater crocodile <laughs> steak. They do a country fried, though. <laughs> you know what? I reckon I'd call the bar, you get what you get. <laughs> you get what you get. And I'd hire whoever the fuck applied. And you'd serve whatever the fuck you got. And you and they'd pay yep. whatever the fuck they have. Exactly. And you'd get, and I love it. for the job is... and they were like, I could do this and this. I'd be like, hired. For just, yeah, for that. Got I love it. it. You do it good, I got to. <laughs> well, just folks. Don't, don't, don't be a shit cunt. Yeah, right? don't That's be a shit cunt, and I got to. Yeah. All right. Well, folks, I can't wait uh, for the day that we have the grand opening of You Get What You Get. Um, we're going to probably have to print t- – we're going to probably have to print T-shirts now, Mike, that say don't be a shit – don't be a shit cut on them. I don't know how – I don't know how well they're going to sell. It's probably going to be those and Team Blue one. Cheese. Yeah. Well, Annie, it was an absolute blast. Loved hanging out with you. Thank you for bringing the Dark and Stormies. They were delicious. You were. Uh, it was a great choice. And thank you for telling us all these amazing stories. I hope you had fun. I'm super sorry for <laughs> my God. Your okay. Life. All right. All right. Listen, listen, Annie. I just want you to hit us with a fuck yeah, no apologies, and get us out of here. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Big fuck all yeah. Right. Go ahead. All right. All y'all can go and fucking shit your dacks, but we still gonna be standing. Piss the fuck off. I love it. All right, y'all. Have a great afternoon, evening, good night. See you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, we release new episodes on the first and third Monday of each month. A big shout out over to our friends at Trauma Parlor, whose song Fast One you heard throughout the show. Go check them out on Facebook and Spotify and show them some love. And if you want to be one of our regulars, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BRP Drink Along or on YouTube and Spotify at the Bartender Rant Podcast. And if you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender Rant Podcast on Patreon. VIPs will always have a seat at the bar and you'll get access to bonus content, have a chance to vote on new episodes, and receive a 10% discount on all of our merchandise. And tell Mike if they want to be a big tipper, aka one of our Bozells. Feel free to make a donation on PayPal under the Bartender Rant Podcast at gmail.com. Mike and I do this because we love the service industry, and we want to bring you great content, but this is not our day job. With your help, we can keep the stories coming and interview local bartenders from coast to coast. And as always, don't just listen along, drink along!